recognized symbol of excellence and brotherly entertainment. Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we are live with episode 126 of the Brothers in Kayfabe. I am one half of your Brothers in Kayfabe, El Gigante, the kingpin of Drip, Kinzer Keel. And to my right, in the StreamYard studio is... Mr. Rastlin, Lane and Bumgarner, as always, is my great honor, my great privilege, and of course, my great joy to be here live on the Brothers in Cafe podcast. We are still chugging along with season six. It's great, as always, to be back in the brotherly studio known as Studio 316. Whether it's virtual, whether it's in person, we will always find a way to bring you a new edition of the Brothers in Cafe podcast. Jake, man, I, I've got two questions. Well, I guess I've got a statement and then I've got a question. It is freaking hot. Miserably hot. So being said, how it is your- hot. <laughs> It's very hot. I walked out this morning at like nine o'clock and it was already almost a hundred degrees. And yep. Oklahoma's boiling right now. And and we've got that for like the next week. It's great. It's amazing. Yeah. There was spo- okay, so local weatherman Damon Lane talked about there being a um cold front coming in next week. It did not. No. It is not. Um, it, they, he put out that it's supposed to be in the hundreds all weekend next weekend. And I have to clean out part of my garage um, because there's some things in our garage that we're trying to get rid of that were left over um, from uh, the previous tenant and the previous owners of this house. So um, next weekend is big trash day. So we figured what better weekend than to do that. And yeah, man, it's hot and I'm not looking forward to it. But hey, I had a good week. Um, it's work has been good. It's been tough because uh, we got a teething baby here. But, you know, um, we're on the road to uh, some new some new things going on. You know, some some live shows coming up, um, you know, other things like that. Landon, how was your week? It was good. I mean, it's been been insanely hot um you know just uh a very average week had a a little frustration with some car trouble but a good brother helped me uh come up with a workaround to to get me through for a little bit so shout out to good brother kinzer over here um although because it is so freaking hot i've had to replace our temporary solution multiple times because it's literally oh, no. melting. Um, 
But hey, oh, we're no. along. We're doing good. Things, things are great. Had a brutally long work day, but uh, it was good. I, I, I got to watch something that I'll bring up here in a little bit on the pod. Something that you and I, Jake, have actually watched together. Something that we even dedicated a couple of bonus episodes to. Then I know what we're talking about then. And I've got some hot takes on it after rewatching okay. it with 2023 eyes, but we'll get to that later. Let, as always, we'll, we'll talk about it in a second then. Yeah. It, it, it's great to be here. It's great to, to have our outlet. It's great to have physical media. It's great to be a wrestling fan. I mean, we are just mere weeks away from potentially one of the biggest shows in wrestling history that has received zero promotion until CM Punk finally addressed that nobody has talked about it this week. And so, uh, yeah, man, like wrestling history is always evolving. There's going to be an incredible Cody doc that either drops. Oh, I can't wait for that. Me and me and Amanda have talked about watching that the second it drops because it looks it looks great and we're both Cody marks so and you know regardless of people's take on Cody because there's people that uh, have loved him since he was a rookie with Hardcore Holly there's people who have hated him since then there's people who loved him in AEW there's people who have hated him since AEW regardless. Nobody makes a better production than WWE. No one makes a better Absolutely. documentary. Like it's it's bar none. Um, Their documentaries are always so good. Yeah, like they can take the because there's always an element of kayfabe in them, and it's always the WWE narrative. And so, what better than the WWE narrative of from undesirable to undeniable? You know, to really lean into that. And I bet, I think very similar to Cody debuting at Mania, it's this is one of those things to where it's like, here's the WWE machine doing what it does best, and that's cranking out stars. And I fully expect Cody's mm-hmm. stardom just to skyrocket conveniently in time for SummerSlam. So it, it's, it's a great time, as always, to be a wrestling fan because whether you like old stuff or new stuff, there's always stuff for you to watch. I want to circle back to Wembley real quick. Yeah. And I just want to say how amazing and insane is it that this, this show has no build, no matches announced. We're a month away and it's a $6.5 million gate. Yeah putting AEW into a whole different bracket of professional wrestling. I mean, this is the kind of show that every wrestling company could dream of. Yeah. And if it was WWE, the the only thing we can compare this to is, um, WrestleMania. Yeah. Because that's the only thing that is comparable to, the size and stature of this wrestling show, we would have already known half the card by now. Yeah. It, it's it's going to be very interesting because it's uh, like, I, I, I think for AEW's sake, it's genius that they're running Wembley because everyone knows the UK are diehard wrestling fans. 
especially that AEW style. But the UK has also been starved outside of Clash at the Castle. Like, really, for the last 20 years, outside of house shows, they have not had any big, like, big, big shows. Like, you've had, um, like, Raw after Mania was, like, in uh, London one year. You've had, like, if you go to 03 and 02, you have, like, Rebellion and Insurrection and those kind of pay-per-views. Um, late 90s, you have One Night Only. You have SummerSlam 92. Yeah, 92. But really, for the last 20 years, outside of Clash at the Castle, you have not had a big wrestling show in the UK. And so I think it's genius. I like. I wish WWE had been doing it for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Because we could have, you know, Jake, whenever they started rolling out like the Super Showdown in Australia... And then they launched the first couple of Blood Diamond pay-per-views and stuff. It just felt like a big deal because it was like, okay, hey, we're getting non-sanctioned pay-per-views that are big cards. Half the pay-per-views this year have been out of the country. I mean, which is it, it's crazy the boom. Um, like I think this is great. You know, we've talked about it. We need a WrestleMania in Canada again. We need a WrestleMania in the UK. Like I, there has to be one in London. I mean, yeah. like, do but you remember, um, RIP Kofi the first time, but when WWE randomly did the live show from Japan, yeah, at Corkin Hall, and it was, uh, it was like the Brock Lesnar special or something, and it was Brock versus Kofi, it was um, Beast in the East, Beast in the East, yeah, Finn versus KO for the NXT title, like, just a hot, just really a glorified house show, and it was great. There, they're like, hey, this is a big deal. Brock Lesnar and Finn are returning to Japan. Let's air it. Like, right. The fact that they have the ability to do these things whenever they want and they have not done them is frustrating. So it's wild. I'm glad AEW's doing it because the market's there. Like you said, it that there's really been zero promotion other than, hey, we're going to run Wembley. Okay, tickets are on sale. That shows you like how starved the UK is for wrestling and uh, to, to have a show of that magnitude. So I hope it delivers and it sets up a return. But and, it's just one of those things that gives me hope for like, man, like, all right, where, where, what's the next market we want to run a, you know, in this fifty thousand plus show. And this may be a hot take, but I don't think AEW does that number if WWE's been running London with big shows the last twenty years. I I agree. Like they literally, I think that's why we're seeing the success is they're literally starved for cards of magnitude. If that makes sense, and and this is coming from someone who would rather watch an AEW show than a WWE show. So, but I don't think I I, I don't think they pull that number. Yeah, personally, perfect example: Puerto Rico this year with backlash. Oh, best backlash they've ever had. Yeah, insane versus I think the last time WWE ran Puerto Rico for a pay-per-view was 05-ish. Crowd was nowhere near that hot. Crowd was nowhere near that big. Oh, the crowd was hot for that show. And it's just one of those things to where it's like, hey, that that backlash was low-key better than WrestleMania Uh, this year. And honestly, I think... I think all in will ha- it'll have good matches, 
But I think the atmosphere that that is going to be able to pull is going to be is going to send it over the top. Yeah, I um, I, I really hope because um, obviously we'll watch it. Hopefully, hopefully the cards aligned, we can watch it in person. But I really hope that I walk away from all in being like, man, that was like all that was like all in 2018. Right. You know, um, that was that 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 feel that environment, the excitement of like, hey, some, this is huge. This is a milestone instead of like, oh, you know. That was full gear. That was revolution. It was this is your standard AEW pay-per-view. I, I hope the magic is there between, you know, the the atmosphere. Um, because you don't even you don't need a legendary card if you have that atmosphere and you have people chomping down on on your product. I will say this that is a payday weekend for me. So um I'm much I, I will probably order that pay-per-view. Um, I think, I think we need to just set it down right now is the 27th. Let's, let's get together at, uh, Casa de la Quil and, uh, we will watch some all in and eat some great food. But, um, but yeah, I, you know, there's been no promotion for it. And this is the last thing that I'm going to say for it. But at this moment in time, you gotta be doing CM Punk MJF, right? That's that's your big marquee match like i mean i it, we're not going to get i i it's a pipe dream to get ftr versus uh the elite with punk at this point cuz the elite's not even on tv right now they're not yeah. even going to be on tv this wednesday and this wednesday is the 200th dynamite yeah which is wild to say we're already at 200 episodes of dynamite but um you know, I I feel like I feel like you. It's got to be that match, or Osprey Jericho. They're already talking that that might happen, and I hope with everything in my being, it does not happen. Will Will it be your standard Jericho versus top talent? Absolutely. Will it be a fun match? Yeah. Is Is that worthy of? Literally the biggest AEW pay per view. Well, it's not going to be. It's not going to be a main event. But that's what the fans want to see. No, they don't. That will not. If if CM Punk MJF, if there's an AEW title match on the line that same show, it's got to be the main not, event. It's the main event. But unless there is something with enough heat, like a CM Punk. FTR versus the elite. There's nothing that can top that. The or only thing Jericho that versus MJF. No, <laughs> Landon, I'm, I'm already, I'm already a little hot with you right now over this. Like, don't quit, quit ribbing me right now because I'm about to go on a rant. And I'm trying not to go on a rant tonight. So I, I, I think MJF versus punk like that. I think they're rightfully so should be backlash if that's not on the card because they don't have the, they don't have anything near the the size. It's too soon to pull the you know to do uh, MJF versus Adam Cole as like a this is your big big main event. 
Well, the only thing I could see them holding off for is Arthur Ashe. Um, just because that was supposed to happen last year. And then Punk got hurt and did his whole thing. So, you know, that was the big rumors that match was going to be happening there. So, um, yeah, this is a little, little off cuff for AEW. Um, obviously we've got Ricky Steamboat as the ref next week, uh, for Punk versus Starks, but like, I I don't know what he's going to be doing on the card unless he's TNT champion, but I like, honestly, like I wouldn't hate it. Um, you know, if we see MJF versus Punk and Moxley's the referee, cause he's the only person who can stand in the ring with. Uh, the two most despicable men in AEW history. Let's just let's just go ahead and say, you know, I, I can we just say that Collision is the best wrestling show on TV right now? I agree. I, you know, I never thought I would like. AEW without the elite on it just because it's it's their company like it, it was built on their back but like I kind of like collision better um and it's from a format standpoint it seems like it's a totally different booker uh, and I think we talked about this last time but it it just every time I watch it it's better it's better than dynamite it's definitely better than rampage 100%. It's one of those things. They are taking the best things of AEW and they are building it into a format where it's highlighted instead of like, oh, every match feels like a super indie match. Every storyline is jumbled because we just have to get on to whatever the next match is. Yeah. You know, the. And go ahead. And that might be CM Punk. It could be. Because uh, I can see Punk being a big proponent b- backstage and helping helping run this. You already know TK loves CM Punk. Oh, yeah. Hey, man. So, <laughs> is it fair to say that um, Punk is Triple H and Mr. Pritchard is he's played by TK? <laughs> Anyway, regardless, it's it, it's great. It, I think once we got out of the early AEW style, where you know we're fine, dynamites on TV, we're testing the waters. It for me, have there been great matches and moments? Yes, but oh, one hundred percent. I feel like I can go long stretches without watching any AEW. Turn on to a random episode, and it will check every box as whatever the previous episode, I feel like I will not have missed anything because it, there, there's so much. We've talked about this before, so we don't need to harp on it long. But just the idea of, you know, we have so the idea of there's so many great matches in terms of work rate style that when was the last time there was like a legendary match that's going to live on through history and have high replay value. Just because it's like, oh, cool, like another match with a million false finishes that went 45 minutes. Like, it's it's great. It's no discredit to the workers, but 
put it in the pile with oh. the other, you know, hey, you know, Call of Duty, uh, whatever, Black Ops or something, you know, hey, it's a great video game. Put it with the other 5 million copies of Black Ops because we produce so many of them, you know. Well, I'm just saying, you know, there's probably not a better wrestler on the planet than Kenny Omega. But you just explained Kenny Omega style. It's a yep. super indie. And I love him. He's great. He can do anything he he would want in a wrestling ring. But I am digging Collision being a more grounded wrestling show. Yeah. Uh, Collision is what we thought AEW was going to be. Yeah. It, and wanna... Go ahead. And there's been flashes of it. I mean, because they're not reinventing the wheel with Collision. But it's just well booked. It's it's kind of like some of the earlier Dynamite. Mm -hmm. Where it was still more of a sports-based contest. There was still a lot more work rate matches. But I, I, I'm excited to see where they go. Yeah. Something something that I think of. Uh, so Vince Russo was on the Chris Van is it Fleet. Vila, I think it's it? I think it's Vleet. Vleet. Uh, he was on his show. I love week, that. I love I his believe. show. By the way. Oh yeah, he he did a quick interview, and uh, Chris was pointing out. He said, "You know, people, you know, give Russo a lot of crap." A lot of that is justified. But the thing no one credits Vince Russo for is when he was in charge of booking, every person on the roster had a story and every mm -hmm. person on the roster had a purpose so that you cared about no matter what, who was on the card, you cared about watching that match because there was a little bit of... Uh, something beyond the surface level to where it's like, man, I want to, you know, I want to watch Spike Dudley this week, even though he's the lamest out of the Dudley boys. I want to watch him because I'm invested in this story. Even if it's like, man, I, I hope he loses this week or he does something right. funny. It's this idea of, and we, we've talked about it forever, how bloated AEW's roster is. It's like, man, give me, give me a reason to care about gravity as a wrestler because I've seen two matches this week where super spot heavy, and I don't leave away like man, gravity's man. I think I'm I'm gonna go buy a gravity shirt and I'm gonna get invested in this guy, as opposed to you know freaking uh, this is this is gonna be brutal, uh, like James El Ellsworth making a single appearance on TV, and it's like man, they give that guy just enough character development. To get make you feel a little sympathetic as Braun Strowman obliterated him. Yep. That six weeks later we are cheering for him to potentially beat AJ Styles for the WWE Championship. Right. Like just that level of. Did he have a five star match? No. Did he have a two star match? Probably not. Like the just this idea of, like I'll I will watch your product. All I ask is give me a reason to watch it and not turn away. I will say this. I hate, I hated the fact that they started 
talking about pack versus gravity. And they were like, it's a dream match. I don't know who, excuse my language, I don't know who the fuck gravity is. How do you, but him and Viking Day Heo, they're the greatest people you've never heard of. I have no clue who this guy is. So why should I give a shit? We didn't do any, we didn't do any build up to him appearing on AEW besides saying he's going to fight pack. And guess what guys? It's a dream match. I'm sure it was a great match. I'm sure it was a fun match full of everything that you want. But like, why should I tune in to see this guy? Well, if you on r slash squared circle and looking at the results of Evolve's 100-person show, no, in the middle of last winter, you you would you would know why it's a dream match. But it's this idea of, hey, give us not even a 30 second, give us a 15 second highlight reel putting this guy over, setting up why why is this versus Pack a dream match instead of. Cool. It's another cruiserweight that's going to do flips. It's the it, the same thing with you know our boy Viking. Like the hey, this versus Omega is a literal dream match. It was it was a great match outside of him crashing his face into the table. But it, it's this idea See, of like bring there's these a other talents that are unknown, but make for the people who don't know given that opportunity to know who they are so that even just a package that shows us who he is literally it's that simple like like i'm saying 15 seconds of like hey here's a highlight here's have excalibur or shivani be like and you got to watch out for his thick his 630 splash which is taking out opponents all over the world it's like okay i'm gonna watch for that move i don't even care if it's a package on tiktok Give us a reason on AEW branded content to give a shit about gravity. Vikingo is different. I know who Vikingo is. I'm not the only person in the world that knows who Vikingo is. And I know there's a ton of people that don't know who he is. Before... They announced this match with Pac. I had never heard the name Gravity as a wrestler in my life. Well, then you're not a real fan. I'm not, I guess. I'm not. <laughs> but but it's the I'm same not, thing. I've already told you I'm not dealing with the sarcasm tonight, Landon. But but it's the same thing of like... Of- you're muted, Landon. I can't hear you. You're muted again. So Landon's having some issues. I don't know what's happening, but you know, I, I don't know why I should give a crap about this, this gravity guy. Maybe I'm not a real fan. I don't know, but you know, I, they've got to do a better job of letting us know who these people are that are, they're bringing in for these supposed dream matches. Vikingo, I knew because he was the uh, AAA champion, yeah, whatever promotion they, it is that he's with. Not in CML, um, it is AAA, right? It, uh, Triple Mania, yeah. 
That's right. And if you're in CMLL, you're not allowed to be in New Japan. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, but it's this whole idea of means that you most likely are not allowed yeah, to be an AEW. But I, it's I digress. Just this idea like um, unless your name is, is unless your name is Penta L zero M. If you're like, well, um, we want people to organically like get behind this person. Okay, you could do that, but you could still just give us a clue where it's like, hey, this person has faced off again. You know, the benefit of AEW is everyone has an indie career there. You can say, hey, Gravity is actually faced off against these three talents in AEW previously. Or, yeah. Or, like, hey, here's his finisher. Like, show a highlight yeah, And reel then you have Chuck Taylor talk about him on camera. Size it's in. You know. It's not that, like, WWE suffers from the same thing. Especially, like, even with NXT call-ups. Like, one of the things I miss most of the Ruthless Aggression era were vignettes. Like it felt like literally everybody who came from OVW got a vignette. And it was like, okay, like this looks so cheesy and stupid, but I'm going to watch because I'm going to prove that it's cheesy and stupid or okay. Like there's something here. I'm going to, I'm going to watch like it give, just give us a reason to invest. We'll invest. We, it, we've never said prove us, you know, prove you're worth watching. It's like, just give us a reason and we'll, we'll gladly I, watch and we'll support I think I've realized what the problem is. And I think it's because these wrestling companies believe that we are in the age of social media. And therefore, if you're a wrestling fan, you're watching all social media of all professional wrestling that you can get. And that's not the case. I watch a lot of pro wrestling in, during the week. If there's someone I don't know who they are, it's very few and far in between. And... So I need these companies to stop assuming that we know who, who this person is. Right. And a guy like gravity is not someone that you're bringing in for a cheap pop. A guy like the big show where you're bringing in for a cheap pop, a guy like cactus Jack, you're bringing in for a big pop, a cheap pop, you know, it's, 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 I don't just, know, man. You know, wrestling I'm, I'm trying as a whole not to, to is, rant tonight, like I said, you but don't we've, have we've to already gone off the rails. Turn on the TV. You just like, just give us a reason because our TV's on. Just give us a reason to not change the channel or to not turn away early. Or, or. Right. And that's where I'm at anymore is I'm going to turn on the TV 100%. for Monday Night Raw. That's give me like, a reason to know, not go do the dishes so in the times. middle of Monday Night Raw. Yeah. And that's that's been the story of pro wrestling for the last I'm gonna leave it on, but uh, I might not you watch. Could argue the last 20 years it's becoming increasingly more that way. But really the last 10 years, there's just been such a steep nosedive to where like like when Raw first moved to three hours, sweet, that's an extra hour of Raw I get to watch. Yeah, when ECW, when WWE's ECW was on TV, I was so excited and it was still great because I could that watch point. wrestling on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. And I was like, man, if there was just a Wednesday night show, and then one time NXT came, but it was just <laughs> this idea of like, 
I could not get enough of it, but I slowly realized as time went on, it's like, man, I would love to watch an hour of wrestling, but the wrestling that's on TV, there's maybe 10 minutes worth that's good, and the, the rest is not. And so it's just one of those things like, give us, we, we've got it on, we're going to watch, give us a reason to not walk away. Same thing with pay-per-views. Like, I would love nothing more than to just sit and watch a wrestling show and not be like, obviously people like we'll text each other and stuff, but give me a reason to where it's like, man, like I don't even care about checking my texts. Like I just want to, like I'm so glued to the TV, but yeah. So with that in mind, make, make me want to watch it start to finish, not turn away, watching something from start to finish and not wanting to look away. About two years ago on this very podcast, Jake and I watched the acclaimed film Hitman Heart Wrestling with Shadows. We did a deep dive. We did a watch long. You guys should go back and uh, listen to that episode. It's in season two. Um, you can just scroll back easily to our feed and find it. But you should you should watch a couple of things. You should uh, because Hitman Heart Wrestling with Shadows is for free on YouTube if you don't own a copy of it. So, first of all, go back, watch it with our watch-along setup. We give you the countdown and everything. And then there's a bonus episode with a lot of um, deep-dive information. One of those, I'm, I'm not saying I uh, agree with this person. I'm not saying we endorse them in any way. But Jordan B. Peterson did. Yeah. Uh, actually at one point did a lecture over hitman hard and we included that audio in there so uh because he is a psychotic psychologist who uh how like do I, everybody how do I know that modern name? politics is just giving crazy like hot takes all the all all the time um Maybe. I, I'm sure if you if you look, I feel up, like you know, I may I may know someone with him, that same name. But he had a fascinating it, so. uh, ten minute talk on this film and how it depicts ethics um, and how ethics affect our sympathy for the heroes and sometimes the villains. There you go. Tell Tell me Kinzer uh, didn't listen to that episode. Whether you're Kinzer or anyone else, you should go back and listen to it. I probably did. It's been a long I'm time, very, though. very curious. I'm going to, like, Jake, I'm going to put this up in our Facebook group because I want feedback. I'll post a link to uh, the episodes and a link to the movie as well. So I ordered, because I love physical media, and this is awesome, this year they came out with the 25th anniversary Blu-ray of Hitman Heart Wrestling with Shadows, uh, a nice 4K rescan of the footage, um, cool special hot pink Bret Hart cover. It includes a lot of bonus features. One being there is like a 45 minute documentary from Wonderful 1999 looking. on uh, the life and death of Owen Hart. I've still yet to watch that because um, I wanted to clear my head, but I rewatched this last week. It does not hold up. And I know that's weird because you and I just rewatched it maybe two years ago, but really it is 
let me get this out of the way. I love Bret Hart. I I love how dry and bland he is at times. I love how he played it up in the Attitude Era versus Sean, and like literally, Sean's got all this charisma and all these all these bad boy promos, and Bret's like, well. I tell you what, you're nothing but a degenerate. And uh, for all you Americans, uh, well, if if uh, the United States was a was a toilet, I can tell you exactly what part of the toilet Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania would be. Like, just no no change in tone, whatever. Like, I love Bret Hart. Like, uh, I mean, literally all of AEW, everyone in AEW is there because of Bret Hart. I think right. I think that's a fair assumption. We can. We can make like his in-ring skill amazing. Yeah, yeah, like his in-ring Brett, work deserves all the credit. And Bret Hart does. paved the way for the um, modern professional wrestler. I think you could very easily make that. Could, can we say that Bret Hart might be it's the greatest in-ring worker of there all time? There is no doubt of Bret Hart on the Mount Rushmore of in-ring work. However, there is. <laughs> yeah, I like, and, it, and this I, is coming I, I, from I someone Brett, that I that but doesn't I like Bret Hart. It's also not a leap to say no one is saying Bret Hart is in the Mount Rushmore for most charisma and greatest mic skills in any way, shape, or form. And as I was showing, a go ahead, Jake. I don't think it's a leap either for people to yeah, easily, like uh, say that he's on the Mount Rushmore no, of not very, good people. Like, he, if you read his book, I, I don't think Bret Hart is a good person at all. Of the the people of India and his time in India, um, just like Bret never pulls punches. Like the whole thing, like how like he despised the Seth Rollins for how careless he was for hurting John Cena and hurting Sting or. You know, hey, trip, Triple H is uh, he's an awesome average wrestler. He's he's, he's a great oh three gosh. star wrestler like Brett is Brett. And that's how it's always going to be like rewatching that documentary in 2023. Like you, Brett has always been that bitter. A lot of it, 100 percent is from how bitter Stu was because um, that that really came across this time watching it. But showing it to a one non-wrestling friend and one very, very, very casual wrestling fan. I felt uncomfortable the entire viewing because I was seeing it through their eyes. And I thought, Oh man, this is like nails on a chalkboard. Interesting. Um, like pulling teeth. Just so it was just like literally the entire time Brett is talking until you get post screw job and he's angry and he's unlacing his boots in the locker room. Literally the entire, you know, hour and a half prior is just him like, so anyway, my dad used to stretch me for 30 minutes at a time. And well, my brother Owen, he's a pretty good wrestler too. And we started working for the WWF. And well, at this time, Sean and I started having a feud. Oh, the... The it's, only reason like, to watch that documentary is the final. It's, it's last. What it's is like it, 30, forty-five minutes? Yeah, they cover the final match. Maybe even less. 
Yeah. 100%. And I love that documentary, but it's absolutely worth a watch. The only good part is the end. Unless you're going through with some commentary like the Brothers in Cafe provided. I I don't know that it's worth rewatching. It just does not hold up. Now, I'm going to bring up something super controversial, and I'm not saying I agree 100%, but I will say I don't disagree 100%. Uh, So everyone knows modern Ric Flair is is always off his rocker. Like modern Ric Flair will say whatever he needs to say to create a buzz. Ric Flair recently talked about Bret Hart on his podcast and made some brutal, brutal comments that are very divisive. Like you're either 100% agreeing or you 100% disagree. And I'll say this. I don't 100% disagree going back and rewatching this documentary, getting to spend an hour and a half of Bret Hart as the sole focus. Like you said, the great, the greatest part of that documentary is the screw job and the drama that's there. And it's not drama caused by Bret Hart. It's not drama that's held up by Bret Hart. It's all the other people like the, the, the comments, if you guys haven't seen it, go see it? But Ric Flair talks about like, Hey, realistically, what does it mean to draw? Like, what are the measure measurements of if you say someone is a star and they have drawing power? Because um, there's a difference between that and work rate. And there's a difference between that and in-ring ability. And, you know, the measurements of like, okay, how did ticket sales improve? How did viewing improve? How did merch improve? All these kind of things. And... If you're a Brett diehard, if you're a Brett fan, like obviously you're going to support him. But for me watching through the eyes of two people who were giving Brett Hart the first chance to wow them and amaze them. And we got to see a lot of match footage and stuff. And there's some things that are like, ooh, like, did you see the way he hit the turnbuckle? Like it looked like his chest caved in. But then there are a lot of moments to where it's like, man, this is. This is this is brutal. All that to say, I still love Bret Hart. Um, like I'll still watch a Bret Hart match, but it the the Bret that is in that documentary is the same Bret that showed up to uh was a double or nothing to show off the AEW championship. He's like, I'm here to promote the world title, and yes. uh, it's gonna be uh there's gonna be a match he, for the winner of this belt in the next week or something like that i'm not really sure so anyway here's the belt and everyone's like all right uh i guess we're gonna clap all right here we go like that like that's bret hart to a t could have like, done without that you listen to the hall of fame speeches and stuff and it's it, it's the same thing you listen to his promos it, it, it's the same well, thing I would encourage you to. I'm going to need to go back and rewatch it. It's been a while since I've watched it. I mean, it's been since we watched it together. Um, and, you know, I think you put the letter I, I don't even think Brett Hart, Brett Hart is Brett Fart is my favorite part of the whole show. I think his wife is. There is a reason why. Yeah. Bret Hart was at t- at the top of WWF when it was about to go under. And 
say everything you want about the man's ability. The man was fantastic, amazing in the ring. His in-ring skills projected him to the WWF title because he's undeniable in how good he was. But that man is a tag team wrestler. That man is a mid-card talent when you take the whole the whole package together. He shouldn't have even been in the same ring as Shawn Michaels. And I I can't even tell you that I'm a Shawn Michaels fan because I'm not really a Shawn Michaels fan. I like HBK. He's one of the greatest to ever do it. Yeah. His in-ring skills like, matched uh, his it's uh, just one of those his things where skills. you know he at the time the company was hemorrhaging. And they needed Brett to step up, and they gave Brett the opportunity, and you had kids and people that were, at that time, starting to fall in love with technical work that got behind him, and then everyone else is like, I mean, there's a reason Hogan comes out yeah. and wins the belt. Like, <laughs> Oh, it, it... Yeah. It was the time for, for Brett Brett's kind of wrestler, you know, not necessarily the most charismatic, but your in-ring talent gets you over and, you know, it, people were already tired of the say your prayers and eat your vitamins type of guy. And they were, they, you know, they wanted something yeah. more real. Absolutely. And I think Brett was the stepping stone to that. And I will say that I think Brett's, I think Brett's legacy is great talent. That was the stepping stone to other people be, being superstars because think of the people who ended up being superstars after Brett leaves. And we're talking about Shawn Michaels. We're yep. talking about, Steve Austin and they're all guys that worked with Brett and them standing toe to toe with yeah. Brett in the ring and not backing down, got them over to an extent the day stone cold truly got over as the top Blood person stone, in baby. the company was the day he was and bleeding a gusher like, at WrestleMania against Bret Hart. Necessarily discredit Bret. Blood from a things, stone. Like, Bret did his job. He was a good placeholder. But then you have the personalities and the talents of a Mick Foley, of a Stone Cold, of a Rock, of other people in the Attitude Era, and it's like it's it's night and day different. Um, yeah, that had that had great technical skill yeah. was not the, not yeah. a it, Brett it's Hart in the ring, things, you know, but their Brett charisma has history. I think put it, them you over know, the people, edge. Like people love Ricky, the dragon steamboat. I mean, for crying out loud, he's going to be the special guest referee in a main event on TV next week. Absolutely. You can't tell me that one of the Ricky greatest steamboat, to ever lace them up was outdrawing names like Hulk Hogan. Link, 
Yeah. Link me like to a moment where Ricky like the Dragon Steamboat had the greatest promo of the night. Savage crushed his throat. That's why we felt bad whenever Steamboat walked out to face Flair and he's got his baby boy and he's got his wife walking with right. him. But at the end of the day, it, it's, you know, it's it's apples and oranges. It's different things. I, I digress. I encourage the, you guys to go um, and rewatch it because it is like it historically it's worth a watch. I think it's funny to watch as we grow, as we get older, as we understand more, it's, it's just very interesting to watch it through 2023 lenses and to, to see because it's like, Oh, Brett's been the same person the whole time. I don't think that the world now did they do Brett. If you believe the screw job is real, did they do Brett wrong? Absolutely. But I don't think I I don't think it's not. the entire wrestling industry was it's not real. coincidentally it's all conspiring against Bret Hart to uh to not be number one, you know, despite WCW and all that stuff, like you know, Brett Brett had a chance to be on top in WCW before and you can't just say, Well, yep. Goldberg let me put it this everything. way. No, Brett had several years before before that. But all that to say, you guys should watch it. It's on YouTube for free. I'm genuinely curious. Like, Jake, I can't wait for you to watch it because I'm curious to see what you think. Will I watch it again? Yeah. Uh, because I, I love it. It's a great timepiece. Am I going to spend more time on my phone? Most likely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but... I do want to say this real quick. Um, watching the Let me, fallout post screw job of Brett's wife uh, talking to Sean and Triple H, and they're like, D- "Did you know about this?" I, I, I swear to God, I, I, I didn't know anything. Mm. And, and Triple H is just looking down, and when she it's said, "The best part of the whole show," you're, she's like, "You're." It's, it's something. It's like you're going to get your payback today, or this is going to come back to haunt you. <laughs> And I paused because I was laughing and I had to tell my friends about the meme uh, when Vince McMahon stepped back in power and Triple H got demoted and Stephanie was out and Shane was out and all these things were happening. Um, And, you know, it seemed like Triple H and Steph were taking over and Vince comes back and swats them down that all those wonderful memes of this is going to come back to haunt you one day. So I choose to believe like I I'm a firm believer that uh swear to God all you want, Hunter. Brett and Vince have been like this the entire time. Because Triple H can't run a company. He's a solid he's a solid three star wrestler. So all all that to say, there's there's some great moments in it. There's some awesome stuff. He's a B plus player. Um um, it's just very interesting. Let let me put it this way: hearing Bret Hart talk about other professional wrestlers, would it really put it pat put? Would you really put it past Vince to not be like, "What a fucking asshole"? Like. It's uh, it, it's so. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So something monumental in the wrestling industry. 
you know, there's a lot of speculation because what are the odds that Bret Hart just happened to have a camera crew following him for the last, you know, six months of his career? Um, but also you go listen to right. Uh, go find you can probably Google Ric Flair is off as a rocker talking about Bret Hart or Ric Flair's finally lost it. But you watch Wrestling with Shadows, you look at. Uh, Brett's legacy, you look at everything Brett has ever done on the mic that he's done in front of people. You look at everything Brett has done outside of in-ring wrestling ability. And in the words of Scott Steiner, you look at the numbers, the numbers don't lie. But that's, that's my hot take. We, we've had a lot of spicy takes, but you know, this is what happens in season six. This is why BIK has declared war on all things wrestling. Cause we, we love, we absolutely love the wrestling. Absolutely. That we love. Um, and this season we, uh, even though we say, you know, like what you like and shut up about what you don't like, avoid what you don't like. We're, we're peeling back a, a, a little, a little bit of that rule this, this year, but it's all in fun. We we are the ones with the mics. We get to do what we want. Hey, I'm just well, saying. You know, CM Punk. We are the ones with the mics. So are the biggest Bret Hart marks in the world. World. Their stuff so, is way better than Bret. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but I will say this, regardless. But they have charisma, exactly. Um, like, imagine if yeah, they have charisma. Stayed healthy. If he never got the concussion. If he never crashed his bike and had the stroke. That we lived in a world where CM Punk comes in and does a does a run with Bret Hart in the WWE, or you know, if Bret ends up leaving Bret and Punk and Ring of Honor or something, I that Punk would have obliterated Bret on the mic, just tearing him to shirt. Like, it's, ooh, you want to sell tickets? Let's go to Wembley. Give me Bret Hart and Absolutely. MJF both with live microphones. Let's see what happens. Um, but that's not going to happen because AEW is part of the Owen Hart Foundation. So all this to say, all these hot takes to say, you know, I would you know love what it. MJF would say. <laughs> yeah, I'll... Landon, let's let's we go do. ahead and take her home. You know, it was we've got we've got a yeah. topic for next week, um, barring anything insane happening the next week. Um, Next week, we're going to talk about our favorite championship titles and who we picture whenever we see that title, who we see holding that belt. So it's going to be a a fun topic to talk about. Um, One thing I do want to bring up before we take her home, two weeks from now, August 11th, Friday, in Wetumpka, Oklahoma, Majestic Championship Wrestling presents the Hell's Bells, the Dustin Graham Athletic Program's fundraiser show at the Killigee Tribal Town Family Life Center. You will see such stars as Punk Sinister, Lunchador, Jason Simon, Sweetest Team, Mindy Grace, and your new Majestic Championship Wrestling heavyweight champion, the Spotlight Logan Knight. You'll also be be able to see your favorite manager, Kinzer Keel, there. <coughs> For ticket information, contact 405-683-3887 
or go to Majestic Championship Wrestling on Facebook. Tickets are $20 for VIP. VIP might be sold out by now. There are two VIP matches for this show, as well as $10 general admission. Landon, this is the go-home show for Sucker we, Mania, star which power is the biggest show Sucker in Majestic Mania. Championship Wrestling um, history. Man, I'm... You know, I'll, I'll support Logan Knight till uh, as long as the day is long, but he, he's got his work cut out for him at Sucker Mania. That's all I'm saying. But you know what else? We will. And just, uh, I just want to give the Majestic Championship. Yes, he does. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that Logan a little Knight bit next week. Or uh, something like that. Uh, I, I guess we're uh, having a match in McAllister, but. Uh, so anyway, uh, all right, I'm going to go to the back now. All, 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 all that's... All, here's Wonderwall, brother. So anyway... All that to say, man, so anyway, here's as, as long as we give spicy takes, the, the, the heart and the soul <laughs> and the mind behind this uh, podcast is wrestling is great. It's fun. There, there's stuff for everybody, whether you're casual, whether you're diehard, whether you're on Adderall, writing down booking sheets in your college notebooks, and then your billionaire dad helps you buy company. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> or maybe you're the other kind of this, billionaire where your dad this Barbie uh, takes Lexapro. lawsuits from paralegals down the road. But regardless, <laughs> wherever you fall in the wrestling fandom, man... Find the wrestling that you enjoy. Find the parts that you like and enjoy it because at the end of the day, wrestling is just too sweet. Just too sweet for life. <laughs>